Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is how bizarre my brain works. I just hit record and it went check, check. And I saw that it was on. And my thought was, we've done it. Like Red Robin, like Green Giant. Yum. So that's Green Giant and Red Robin. Is that the Red Robin song? Red Robin. Yum. Okay. But co-hosting isn't you checking your phone and just questioning me. I'm not. This is how we do the podcast. Not just looking at my phone for fun. These are the questions. Somebody pointed somebody pointed out to me a couple podcasts I've been on with like male hosts that like the male instinct is to like be contrarian to everything I posit versus being like, yeah, dude, totally. Like I feel like people think an interview style is being like, I don't know. I don't know. And you're just like. Counterpoint, I'm probably right. So just let's just agree and, and riff on that versus me like pleading my case. I guess, yeah. I guess I would never think to argue with a guest unless they were, I mean, look, if somebody is wrong and they were saying something bad, I'd push back. But if it's something innocuous, it's like, why am I going to fight with someone for this one hour we're spending together? Men love to find points of contention, like faux contention. And then make it into a thing. Like, you know what you'll never hear a woman do? As a joke, if you like have a faux pas, you mess up. It's always a guy going, wow, wow. It's like, dude, quit flirting with me. Like, quit trying to make a thing out of a thing. Wow, you you said that. I'm like, I didn't mean to say fuck. Yeah, whoa. (laughs) You're like, cool. Can I get the hall pass to go to the bathroom since we're 12? Are you just having morning radio flashbacks? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I'm in the Airbnb. Today is my last day on set. And then I get to go home. I haven't been home in, I think, a month. It's a lot of packages that need unboxing. Various family members occupied my home for for Thanksgiving, for Halloween, to give out candy. Oh, that's fun. Oh, right. Yeah, because you have a big uh, Halloween going on. I know that, like, today is technically the first day of the Christmas season, so we shouldn't even talk about, about All Hallows' Eve, but... 
our block is the block that does the Halloween for the entire neighborhood. And you have to like, you have to get so much candy because like thousands of people come through and I just haven't been home. And I asked my assistant, I was like, go downtown to Jack's Candy because it's like a big candy depot. I was like, and just get something- that that place we went? Yes. Oh yeah, it's cool. And I was like, just get something like inexpensive. I thought she was going to get like- what's a cheap, like Tootsie Rolls or something. And she came back with a pinata mix. So it's all these candies <laughs> that like you've never heard of. <laughs> That's perfect. And it's all these candies that like, I guess if you grew up in Mexico or if your family came from there, you'd be like, oh, my childhood. But like, for the most part, I'm just handing out like, oh, who wants a jabalina? You know, everyone's favorite candy, Limon 7 Plus. Delicioso. Ooh, Duvaline, get in line. <laughs> anyway, that's what we gave out. Like, bombita. Anyways, today's the last day here in South, in South Carolina, in Charleston. Learned a lot, had a lot of fun. People here are very nice. Very nice. I don't know that I can be down with things being closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, and there's a lot of churches, but also a very ancient Jewish population. So that's kind of cool. The people here are very nice. Like in a way, like everyone in LA is nice, but people here like, hey, good morning. And like, I want to start doing that because I think it humanizes people. If you say, hey, how are you? Or good morning. Somebody's mean, scary face immediately melts because no one's (laughs) like, don't fucking ask me. Actually, I did my neighbor that was poisoning his wife and shot himself. Yes. If you said anything like that to him, like, hey, how are you? Or good morning or whatever. What's like good morning? He'd be like, it's not a good morning. And you don't care if I have a good morning. Well, that's a psychopath. That's different than your average psychopath in LA who's just out to buy like a $15 green juice. So say good morning. And you know who it really works on is older people. And when I say older, like different generations- like 60 and up, like they came from a world. Oh, how can you say that? They came from a world of racial injustice. They came from a world where people used to talk to each other. So if you want to make an older person's day, say, hi, how are you? Or good morning. When I visit my parents, it's just all like octogenarians in Colgate sweatshirts and like Stanford dad shirts just saying good morning. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? That and was the- when we were handing out candy. My mom, my mom came over to to help because I was working late, and she was worried. She's like, "What if you're not done in time and kids start coming?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, but what's the cutoff." I don't know. I was just I don't know. But she was like, "Everybody's so polite. Everybody in this neighborhood is so polite." And I was like, "I mean, they want candy, so they're politely the saying thing. happy Halloween and thank you. Like I'll they t- want this free candy." It's a Southern thing. And I will tell you, so yesterday I got off set um, at like 4.30 or something. So Noah and I wanted to go to Leon's. It's this like very famous place here. They do fried chicken and oysters and they've got a big patio is the point. And I was like, I have this fantasy of us going. In my fantasy, uh, my hair wouldn't be so curly because I would have rented an Airbnb (laughs) that had a blow dryer that wasn't broken with only one setting, which is low. So my hair would look better, but- (laughs) In my fantasy, I also wouldn't have had like uh, a mini cat wing eye liner 
from set, but okay. My fantasy is that we get to bring our dog and our baby. Ideally, Myrna would come because I enjoy her, but she didn't want to come, which is fair. She's like, I don't want to hang out with you white people anymore, which is fair. Uh, <laughs> we'd bring the baby and the dog and we'd sit outside and we'd have like an afternoon cocktail and the baby would be great. So we get there. It was, the sun was setting. So it was like scalding hot on the patio, no shade. So I like get behind a pole, the baby's there. But if you let the baby know that she can come out of her carrier, then she's like, oh, it's monkey time. And she is, she is just going. And so we were the couple with the baby who was intermittently like screaming, not screaming because she was sad. It's like what babies do like, (laughs) and you're like, oh my God, a pterodactyl. And so like, it's just crazy how you become the person apologizing. And you'd like to think, no one was mad. Like the other couple had a baby. You'd like to think that when you have a baby who just makes a noise that you're strong enough to be like, I'm not apologizing. Like I'm allowed to do this. But because I have manners and because I have shame, I was just like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like you don't want to be the parent that's like blithely unaware that your kid might be making a volcanic noise. It is interesting because I think also there's something about, I don't know if it's like the deference or what, but someone, I think when someone does something annoying, if there's no apology, I'm so mad, but literally all they have to do is acknowledge what's happening. They don't even have to be profusely apologetic, but I just need you to know that That what is going on is, is your fault. It's not, you just need to know that. And then we're good and it doesn't bother me anymore, but it's it's like sick that that's what I need from people. I'm sure there's a psychological condition to explain it. And that is also a big part of like when people write in like, oh, there's a dog next door is annoying. I've got a neighbor. Or, and that's why I'm always like, talk to them. Because if that person says, hey, my dog is sick, I'm so sorry. Then it becomes like a problem that you want to help them with. Then they're your friend versus this like faceless enemy, this faceless Soviet enemy (laughs) that you're just blowing up in a movie. Uh, But we were the couple who had the baby, not screaming, but that was like making pterodactyl noises as we're like balancing a soft serve that's like dripping all over our hands with the dog. And I'm like, and we, and I wanted to be like in all black, like very sleek. And instead I'm in like a novelty t-shirt from Portland and like mismatched socks and a hat. I'm like, I got to get out of here. One server being like, are you famous? I'm like, clearly not. Please don't look at me. I've got to go. How do you keep your an all black wardrobe when your dog is is snow white? Sometimes I just have dog hair. I'm just like I just have That's dog hair. That's what I yeah, I, I feel like I constantly am covered in cat hair cuz she's a calico and I'm just like this is what it is. I'm sorry. Well, it just kind of is what it is. You're not you don't leave the house, so you don't have to think about it. Some of us I was thinking about it when I got my teeth removed and I'm like laying down and they're sedating me and I'm like, I'm covered in so much animal covered in hair. It. I don't even notice it anymore. That's how bad it is. Cause everyone's always like, Tianfu's so gorgeous. I'm like, she sheds so much. I think people have a point of pride, like, my dog doesn't really shed. I'm like, my dog only sheds other dogs. Like we go through <laughs> several dogs. Anyway. Anyway. Charleston, okay. it was awesome. I know all of your restaurants. Everybody here was great. Shout out to Longevity Club Pilates Studios on Rutledge Avenue. They were the fucking dopest. It was the best. I took so many classes there. They were very cool about Tianfu. Took a jump board class. Oh, that was my... <laughs> we took a jump board class, which I'd never done, which is basically you're like you're laying on the Pilates machine and there's a board and you keep springing off of it. So it's no impact, but you're using all of your leg muscles. The instructor was great and she had a Southern accent 
And mm-hmm. she was a, like, not a drill sergeant, but she was like, let's go, 10 more seconds, keep it up, keep it tight. Like, did not stop. And I was having like flashbacks of like playing sports in Texas. Like, keep it going, breathe for me, keep it going. Okay, keep it tight. And this one girl dropped her strap and you hear the instructor, she's like, pick up the other strap. And I look at her, I go, you better hurry up or you're not going to make varsity. <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> like, oh my God, if I don't make varsity, then I can't play in college, which was never going to happen. But it was like, I found myself in the class. I'm like, don't fuck up and show her that you're a lazy loser from California. And like when she would compliment me, it like meant everything. Oh my God. Do you get to go one more time before you leave or did this mess that up? This podcast recording. I I chose you over it. I was like, I committed to Emily. So I'll only be a little late. Um, But yeah, Pilates for the win. All right, let's get to the, now that we're all updated on my menial tidbits. Well, you're going to go back home and then you won't have any more exciting stories. I'm sure your life will just be very boring. Sierra went as a raccoon for Halloween and it was a big hit. Well, she didn't go as a raccoon. She went as she a raccoonie. She went as raccoonie. And I will say this. We, I'm very proud. There's another actress here, um, Cassidy Freeman, uh, who's on the show and she's very nice. And she has a little baby who's a little bit younger than Sierra. So we became friends. Also became friends with... Uh, Edie Patterson, who plays Judy Gemstone on the show. Both ladies, so nice. So nice to work in comedy and be like loved and welcomed. Loved by two other very funny (laughs) women. And I really liked hanging out with them. Anyways, one of them got a baby and they invited the cast on a boat. Not they, but like Danny McBride ordered like, uh, organized like a big cast, like boat trip. Braved it because I was like, what if I get sick? Like, I don't want to be the girl that had one line that came and threw up on everyone after eating a bunch of oysters. Brought Sierra. (laughs) She was great. And I brought her in her little raccoon costume after we went to a pumpkin patch, which is such a scam because she can't walk. And uh, on Halloween, we worked. And I was like, I wanted to bring her on Halloween to set to say hi. But I was like, the cast and crew like already saw her in her costume the day before. There's something annoying about like, look, I brought her again in the costume again. Hey, you guys, because everyone loves a dog. Everyone will tolerate a baby. So we did not bring her yesterday. She and her little puff pastry feet got to stay home. The baby. She's living the life. Oh, God. She took a dump the other day. It wasn't even gross. It was just perfect. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. 
And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around, and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Let's get to it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Our first question, very low stakes, but I want you to be able to clarify your position because I think I think they have us confused. Emily, Hi, if Eliza. this is about chicken strips versus chicken nuggets, no. I'm sending you a virus. Okay. <laughs> you don't... You're, <laughs> I'm just sending you one of these dick sporting goods emails I get every day. I've been getting so many of those. How do they get past the spam filter? I think because it's a new email every time. Gmail doesn't care. They're probably the ones sending them. Hi, Liza. I saw you in San Antonio when you announced your pregnancy on stage. It was a fun night and special moment you shared with us. Question about flying etiquette. I've flown my whole life and think of myself as a polite person. In general seating, I often choose middle seat with no complaints. I share the armrests and follow the rules. I recently heard on another podcast that reclining your seat is rude. I've never heard this and was surprised when all three podcast hosts agreed. The airplane seats only recline a tiny bit and as a short person, it helps with my comfort as the headrest created for a taller male body, I assume, often push pushed my head forward. It does it push your head forward. In the back yeah. of my neck instead Stop. of at the neck. I understand why <laughs> not using a reclining seat is uncomfortable. Either way, I figured everyone reclined once allowed and therefore the spacing between seats stays consistent. Now I feel like this is a faux pas. Have I been misled by this other podcast and need to discontinue listening immediately? Thank you. Now I believe, Eliza, you have come out pro-reclining that it is your right. It is, is this still the case? 
It is your God-given, inalienable, fucking human right. Reclining rights or human rights. I need to know what podcast, what alty fucking cancel culture bullshit podcast. (laughs) You paid for a seat and part of the structure of that seat is that it has the ability to, and we'll put recline in quotes because it's not like a full recline. We're talking, it puts you at, what, a 91 degree angle? So, of course, it's your right. Look, I understand if the person behind you is really large or pregnant or huge and you maybe are like, maybe I shouldn't, whatever, but that's what these seats are designed to do and you paid for it. So, it's case by case, but it's not, I can't believe three people agreed unless I'm missing the context of the original argument. Like if they were like... (laughs) I have a goose I on my never, lap. I have never once in my life reclined, but I think it is situational. I think it's that thing of like, if the person in really? front of you, I'm scared to make the person behind me mad. But I think it's again, like the acknowledgement. If the person behind you slams their seat back, they're a turd. But if they're just kind of like, they just put their seat in the position it's supposed to be in, fine. Am I a little resentful as I'm hunched over my little tray table trying to have my little my little ginger ale in a nice time? Yeah, but it is what it is. Listen to me. Here's, how, here's what you do. I only fly first class. And I actually don't <laughs> care. The people, it's like, I, here's what people don't understand. Anytime, particularly as a woman, but anytime anyone says anything that they do that involves money, people act like you're fucking Marie Antoinette. Keep in mind, like I'm not spoiled, like keep in mind that money comes from the job that I work hard at. It's not like family money. So I only fly first class and we will not be explaining it further. That being said, for people sitting coach that are packed in like sardines, which fucking sucks. Here's a way to sort of like Jedi mind trick the people behind you. You have to have your seat upright for takeoff. So as the plane is taking off, the plane tilts, recline your seat as you are ascending. The person behind (laughs) you is already the farthest back they're going to be because of (laughs) physics. So when the plane levels off, your seat's already back. They sort of already know a plane where your seat is back. And so it's kind of like, it's how it always was. (laughs) You 1000% are within your right. And that is what you bought. It's really the only benefit to that seat. Yeah. Especially as the middle seat. Look, take what you can get. Especially considering those seats, like in the airline's perfect world, you'd be at a 45 fucking degree angle with somebody hovering over you with their penis inside your butthole to maximize space. They would Tetris puzzle piece people together anatomically to make them fit in the airplane. (laughs) So stop listening to that podcast. Unless it was us talking about the same issue two no. years ago. No, because no, I, I never. I never. <laughs> and I don't know who the third person would be. Okay. Should I fly to Hawaii to break up with my husband? Hi, Eliza, Emily, divine white tufted fluff Tianfu, and welcome baby Sierra. She is Freezing tufted. hot as... Freezing Out has been my comfort laugh every fall forever. And I finally watched Good on Paper. Holy shit, why aren't more people talking about this movie? It's amazing. Okay. Anywho, 
Thank you. I'd like y'all's take. My husband and I have had a slowly dissolving relationship for years now. Married 10 years, both of us in our early 30s. Last year, I finally broke down and said I needed a break. He agreed. We split and he shortly afterwards opted to act on his dream of moving to Hawaii because there aren't enough white guys in Hawaii. I was going to say, I bet the locals are so <laughs> pumped to have him. It's it's been months and I think I'm finally ready to cut this cord. This might be more of an etiquette issue, but do I need to fly there to do the deed? Thank you for the so. pod and dishing out harsh reality checks while making us laugh. Love, Rosie. I don't think so. No, he moved there. You yeah. should have to pay for a flight to Hawaii. Tell him, hey. That's what I'm saying. Come here. He said it was over when he moved to another state separated by an ocean. And if all it takes is like a signature or two, unless you feel you need some closure, I think the fact that you want to fly there, maybe that means there's something else you want to say. So only go if there's some sort of closure you're looking for. But I hope that closure doesn't involve getting back together because I don't think he would be there if he wanted to be with you. Remember, if he wanted to, he would. I'm not saying you're trying to get back with him, but I'm just saying I don't, You'd have to explain to me the reason to go. This doesn't seem like you were married forever and like you need to look each other in the eye one more time. Like it kind of fizzled out. How long were they married for? Why can I never remember the beginning? 10 years? Jesus. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it is like that, but sometimes things just end. Call him. And if he's like, yeah, I'd like to, like, I don't see the reason to go. If you just need him to sign something, just send it to him. Hopefully he's cool like that. He's yeah, very I far mean, away. Well, have a conversation with him before you send him divorce papers. But yeah, I don't think you need to fly there when he moved to an island. You don't need to use all your points to fly to Honolulu <laughs> just to have like mediocre, not even makeup sex with someone that you're still married to. Yeah. Unless there's something else you want to get out of it. Like unless he's like, yeah, why don't you come? Unless you're looking to get back together or just have some nice sex. There's no like formality here. There's no precedent. Like people get divorced in the gnarliest ways and the quietest ways all the time. Also remember girls, look, because I had a friend recently who asked me about, like, she's like, when you started dating Noah and she had questions because she's like in a new relationship, this isn't coming from any position of authority or like as a guru, but never, I'm saying this because I think about this as it relates to my career. Your relationship will not look like anyone else's. Like maybe what works for you is like we sleep in separate beds because he has sleep apnea. Maybe it's like we broke up quietly and both of us were fine with it. And I always think about that with like a career. Like when people are like, whose career do you admire? Your career will never look like anyone else's. Never forget. No one knows what the fuck is going on. Cobble together your existence however you need and let other people wish that it was theirs. Break up with him over a fucking Earthlink sent email. And be like, thanks for the 10 years. Mahalo. Tack it on to the end of one of those dick sporting goods spams. It'll be like, you won a gift card. Also a divorce. Yeah. Never mind that this email address is in Russian and hyperbot link. (laughs) Hi, Eliza. Emily, Princess Snow Peach and Tiny Blood Baby, longtime listener and fan here. I have a dilemma that I'd love some advice on. I'm a woman married to an amazing guy. We are both 29 years old and have a baby on the way. Yes. We have generally lovely lives and are very happy. Here's the issue. Uh My in-laws are hoarders, reality TV show level 
supporters. It's a sensitive topic with my husband because I know there's some shame associated with how he grew up, which he obviously didn't have any control over. They live in another state, so it's not like we visit that often. But in the past, when holidays, family events, et cetera, came up, we've begrudgingly stayed with them because they've insisted even when we said we'd prefer to stay in a hotel. I honestly don't think they understand how bad it is since they're used to living amongst their own clutter and filth. I promise I'm not being dramatic. Whatever you're picturing, yes, it's that bad. With the baby on the way, how do I kindly approach the subject with my husband and set the precedent that we will not be staying there when we visit and that while we'd love to see them, we'll be at a hotel and that's what they can expect from us going forward. This environment was too much for me to handle so low, let alone with a baby who will be crawling on the ground, putting things in their mouth, etc. It's unsanitary, unsafe, and too stressful for us as parents have to deal with. I know this might be a conversation my husband needs to have with his parents alone, but I do believe we need to set boundaries as a united front and create a precedent going forward. Thanks for your help. I've listened to every episode. You haven't had this question yet, so hope you can provide some much-needed insight. That's so tough. Well, first of all, just know your baby won't be crawling for a couple months, but who knows when you're going to visit, Right. Right. It's not about that. Even the baby came, if it, even if it walked out of your body, you simply say, we have a lot of things that we need to travel with and I need a lot of space for the baby. We, you know, because you're going to have maybe a bassinet, maybe a playpen, their bottle warmer, their diaper warmer, like all of this stuff, their bottles, their washing stuff, like all of their stuff. It, it's remarkable how much this like tiny pterodactyl needs. So that's all you say. We have a lot of stuff and we need to be able to spread out and we'll be over first thing in the morning. Whatever. I think this isn't the issue though. The issue is that they didn't take no as an answer before and they're not going to take it again. I promise you, there is part of you as a woman, as a mother that grows once you have a baby where you just, in many cases, even blindly, like you just always do what's right for your baby. I promise you will not feel bad about it. There's like this thing that takes over where you're like, this is what's best. This is what we're doing. And they'll him and hot and you'll be like, it's what we're doing. Like you won't have the mental capacity to argue it. It will just be what happens. And your husband needs to stick up for you. At the end of the day though, like we just need a lot of room for the baby. So we're going to get a hotel. We think it would be easiest and she'll sleep the best. It's in the name of the baby. You'll be surprised how easily those words come out of your mouth. Right. And, and, well, and I think and they'll the get it too. Yeah, but you need to talk to your husband first and make sure that he's on your side and that he's not when it comes yeah. down to it. Like, well, no, we can, because it sounds like he's the reason that you've continued to stay amongst the newspapers and dead cats. Yeah, that's rough. So you just need a lot of room and uh, that's what you're doing. And And I bet you, I find anytime sleep is involved or my child, my mom's like, absolutely. Whatever's best for the baby. You need to sleep. You need to sleep. There's never like, oh, what about my feelings? They they change too. So the, I'm saying like the grandparents change too. And if they still give you guff, like then you got to call in a therapist or like one of those professional cleaners or like a hazmat team. Yeah. I mean, the bigger issue is not going to be you staying there. It's going to be the kid visiting and you worrying the entire time about what the kid's going to put in its mouth over the next- Yeah. 15 years. So that's going to be, I mean, that's, that's what's looming. That's the real concern that's looming on the horizon that you need to talk to your husband about. Yeah. You might, he might want to present them with like, here are some people who could help. But I mean, that's a whole psychological thing. 
But for now, all you have to worry about is the baby needs sleep. She needs her space. We have a routine. This is what works best. I mean, as I feel bad now that I'm in a a home, so it's not as cramped. And at my apartment, Gracie would be in one room, hoovering along the floor, eating all of my hair because I didn't vacuum enough. Oh my God, Emily, please. Please and stop. I say that to say she's so much healthier now, and it was probably partly my fault. See, words from a recovered hair hoarder. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen your car. So maybe your parents just need a little help to yeah. see. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Baby Snow Peach, New Baby Chubby Legs, and gang. Loved your new special, seeing your rescheduled show in Massachusetts, and just ordered your book on Audible. Please help. I like... (laughs) I like that this person clearly is like, no, I bought your stuff. Please answer my question. Please, I contributed to the cause. My mother-in-law moved in during COVID. She was living with my husband's anti-vax sister before, so it wasn't safe for her. My husband and I agreed that after the pandemic, she would go back to Brazil, where his family is originally from, and do six months with my other 
slash normal sister-in-law and six months with us. I started asking my husband about booking your flight in July and still no plane ticket. I feel like it has been one excuse after another and I'm starting to run out of patience. My husband says to trust him. She'll be leaving by end of November, but still no flights booked. Yeah, she isn't what is a that? mean person, but there is a language and culture barrier. She basically ignores me all day. I work from home and never asks how I am and doesn't work or drive. So she's always present, but no effort. I'm starting to go nuts. Please help. Obviously, I'm not there. I do wonder if she feels like a little degree of shame for being just like in someone else's home and useless. Does she clean? Does she help? Is she just sitting there? Is she maybe embarrassed? Like you work, she doesn't. I don't know in that culture, like does mom just live with you forever? I'm not saying you're wrong. I wonder like, have you tried to include her? Have you been like, hey, do like, have you tried putting her to work so she feels like she's doing something? just in terms of like there being less tension. But let's say you do all that and she's just there. Basically, you want this person out of your house. You did not sign up to marry the man and his mother. You want your home back with your husband. I'm sorry about my nose. It's just endlessly running here. I don't see why, because there's that thing. Some people, they're like, I said I'd get to it. It's like, who the fuck are you to like have this decree? Like when I get to it, that's when I get to it. Ticket prices are going up and it is no, it is not secret math. Yeah, that's like a huge travel time. And also, the closer you get, the more expensive tickets get. So get them far out. Can you just buy her the ticket? Or can you, when you're sitting in bed at night and you're watching TV, pull out the computer, be like, I would like to purchase this now. Ticket prices are going up. And like when you have a down moment, just be like, why can't we do this now? And be ready to get into that argument. Yeah. You don't want to come- I'll handle it. Be like, we're handling it now because I've asked you and you haven't, so I'm willing to do it, like cut through the bullshit. He probably feels bad. He doesn't want to send his mom away. He needs to come clean with what it is that's stopping him. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's a conversation they've had or just spring it on them. Like you guys are all sitting around the house having caparina and just be like, um, so we want to make sure that we get your ticket in time what works for you? Like get that conversation going because there's a version where she's been told she can stay longer. Right. Well, you and what's the bust conversation with the sister that she's going to go stay with in Brazil? Like does that, wouldn't you, you would need to talk to that sister to say, hey, mom's coming back. Like, is I don't there, know. It feels there... like a real casual culture. Like mom could just show up. So, but your husband is not being fair to you. You say mm-hmm. like, I really want to have a lot of half Brazilian sex with you. So- <laughs> Because you didn't, nobody wants someone staying in their house indefinitely. That's not conducive to a marriage or relationship. So you have to get your husband to budge. It is interesting though that she was just straight up living with the other sister for however long until COVID happened and the other sister's anti-vax. And now, you know, I think the husband never thought this would be his problem. It would be his sister's problem. What is preventing you from saying to him like, look, we've got a couple hours. Let's look into this. Let's talk about, you know? Yeah. Or you just email that sister and be like, hey, I know that we were sending her back. Are there any dates that work best for you? Because what would be to perfect is the, airport. the sister may not want her back, but let's say the sister's like, yeah, any time in November, then you kind of have the green card to just, the green card, Jesus, the green light to just book that ticket. You yeah. need to take a little bit more action if you want to get this done. Yeah. Your husband's not She's respecting not getting you. it done. Yeah. Okay. A-I-T-A on A-I-A. Oh, I love it. 
Love it. Give me the problems of the other people. You know what's good about this segment? These people are usually, it's usually pretty black and white. And also they don't hear us like losing our minds at them. Maybe it helps someone. Well, they're just, it's the weirdest ones. The cream rises to the top. Ew. A-I-T-A for uninviting my fiance's parents to our wedding because they refused to contribute financially. Yep. You're the asshole. Next question. Hello. I'm 38 years old. Male. My fiance, Mary, is 24 female. Oh, no. You're just power hungry. That's all. We are going to get married in two months. We've been dating for almost two years. The wedding planning has been expensive and stressful. This is my second marriage. And in my first wedding, my, at the time, future in-laws and my parents paid an equal financial percentage of the wedding. The arrangement was that me, my at-the-time partner, her parents and my parents would pay a quarter of the total cost. So this time I was expecting a similar arrangement. My current fiance, Mary, agreed at first, but after speaking to her parents, they said they would not pay. My parents already paid their part. I gave my part. My fiance also paid her part, but her parents keep saying that they can't afford it. Though I know very well that they can't afford it. They have some business and travel often. Mary keeps saying we should let it go, that we can cut costs, or that she and her brothers will try to pay for her parents. But I've told her multiple times that it's not fair to let them go free of charge while my parents paid their part and she agreed to this and they should follow through. My parents also say it's not fair to let only one set of parents pay the percentage. As Mary and her parents still insist on not paying, I decided to uninvite them. Mary was not happy about it since she wants her dad to walk to the altar. Uh, but I yeah. still oh my God. try to make her see the situation from my point of view. She's stubborn to just let them into the wedding for free. That it would be taken by my family is a sign of disrespect from her family. She told me, if my mom and dad can't go, then I won't go either. I told her to stop having a childish tantrum and just guy. go along with our original agreement. I hate she's this stubborn. guy. I wonder if this hill is worth dying on. Okay, here's what I have to say about the AITAs. I love reading these people. They're clearly huge monsters. I don't know what it is. I think it's like, you know, when you're mad at someone and it doesn't really affect you. And so you're kind of like, you're like, yeah, I love being mad at this person that's not yeah, affecting my it's life. My whole life. It's like good. Yeah. It's like good. It's like gossip about someone that you don't yes. really know. Like there's something I love about reading this and being like, what a piece of garbage this guy that I don't know is. I yeah. find it very satisfying. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a. This is a an animal, but I do think it's interesting. Do you think that times have changed in terms of like who's expected to pay for what at this point in yes, in life? I do. I mean, it depends on how like traditional you are. I do think that I think you want to pay like a little bit like for the DJ or like something just to contribute. But this guy is marrying this young girl. Child. Girl, she's a woman. Oh, she's not a child. Oh, we yeah, can't say that. Okay. She's 24. That is, you are in such different places between 24 and 38. This guy is fucking bitter that his first marriage didn't work out and they shelled out all this money. So he's taking this out on this girl who he thinks he can bully. Mm -hmm. Like, where do you get off saying this? This should be like, oh my God, I love you so much. Let's make it work because we're a team. Calling her a child, like- you don't know the parent situation. You just don't know it. And maybe they're not thrilled about their daughter marrying this piece of shit. And this is their quiet protest. And this isn't a club. It's not getting in. Oh, they're going to get free dry chicken. Wow. They're really scamming the system. God, I hope she doesn't marry this guy. He sounds, he just wanted to marry someone younger than him that he could control. And I, it has less to do with the age and more to do with the words coming out of his mouth. 
to quote Chris Tucker. Yeah, I mean, the 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 it's crazy that his parents are like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I guess that's how he got to be who he is, is that his parents are like, this is normal and great. I hate all of this. Yeah. Okay. It should be now like, this- nothing will stop me from marrying my child bride. Not fine, then she's uninvited too, and I'll just eat roast, ro- flavorless roast beef for one. <laughs> okay. More more this cake qu- for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, this question has the most torn responses. Cause you know, on AITA people vote Y T A N T A E S H N A H. Okay. This one has a very torn because the last one everybody was like, you Y T A, you're the asshole. But this is torn. Okay. A I T A. For not leaving work to let my kids FaceTime their dad before his surgery. My ex-husband and I are divorced. We share custody of our five and three-year-old kids together. He's been struggling with health issues for about a year now. He had a surgery scheduled and asked if I'd let them have the day before the surgery, but I politely declined since it was my time to have them and any switch in schedule might affect my work. The day of the surgery, his girlfriend called me from the hospital and put him on the phone. He asked how I was doing, basically his go-to method to ask for something, then asked if I could let the kids FaceTime him before he went into surgery. I said I was at work, but he asked if I could take a break, go home, and let the children FaceTime him for 10 minutes. I said I was sorry, but refused. I promised I'd have the kids see him post-surgery, but he started arguing with me. He said it was unfair enough I didn't let him have the kids the day before and that he felt like FaceTiming them before the surgery was reasonable enough. I had to end the call since there was so much commotion for my coworkers to hear. His girlfriend called back, but I refused to respond. I got off work at 7 p.m. and his girlfriend called asking if I was happy and said that he literally cried after the call was ended. She called me unbelievable and spiteful for having no consideration for my kids, if not their dad and what he's going through. I said I wasn't going to interrupt work when I was already He's just busy. getting a nose job. <laughs> <laughs> she said that I was making excuses that she felt sorry for the kids, implying I was being deliberately hurtful in my behavior, which I'm not. It's just that I had to work. AITA mm. for not leaving work and going home so he could FaceTime the kid for 10 minutes. Mm. Here's the thing. No, leaving work for, for, for a FaceTime. No. Yes, for not just letting him have yeah. the kids the day before. Because she's yeah. like, oh, it would mess up my work schedule. Well, it sounds like you're at work till 7 p.m. and your kids are at home. So I don't understand why they couldn't have been at their dad's house yesterday. You're the asshole for not making an amendment to the schedule. You can make it up with another. D- it's one day. It's not a week. They're not flying anywhere. So, and by the way, yes, you are being deliberately spiteful, which I can't blame you for. It sucks right. that you're a single mom working obviously an unforgiving job and your husband like already has a girlfriend, you are spiteful. And you know what? All things are kind of fair in love and war and particularly divorce. So I don't blame you. This guy doesn't sound like he's awesome, but he also doesn't sound like the worst guy ever. So I think you can cop to, yes, you were being deliberately difficult. You can make up that date another day. However, it is not unreasonable that you didn't want to leave work to help with that. So you said something about being torn earlier and all I've been thinking about is torn asshole. (laughs) You're the torn asshole. Yeah. Unless you literally work from your home or next door. But uh, you were an asshole in the first place, not the second place. How's that? No points awarded. Resume gameplay. Hi, all. I'm home on maternity leave with my first, who also resembles a tree frog. My husband has (laughs) was home for the birth and three weeks of paternity leave before heading out on a deployment with the army. 
My parents are in town and have been crazy helpful. Watching them while I nap, bringing me dinner, slash having me over for dinner, going grocery shopping for me, etc. My mom's love language, hands down, is acts of service. So this is totally up her alley. But how do I properly thank them? My dad is the type that buys or does whatever he wants when he wants it. And my mom still hasn't used a massage gift certificate from over a year ago that I got her. They're Ugh, so hard yeah, to buy gifts for. Thanks for any tips. Don't get massage. Okay, look, people are going to get mad about this. Somebody gave me a really nice one when I had my baby. But the massage place is across town in LA. And like that's, you got to carve out a whole thing. Don't get anyone a massage gift certificate. Because then it's like this anxiety about like, when do I schedule it? Now I can't cancel it. Just give them the cash and be like, get yourself a massage. You don't have to properly thank them. They're your parents. You can make them dinner one night. You could take them to dinner. But the one person in this world, you like don't need to write a thank you card if you stay over. Like these are your parents. I vote make them dinner. Uh, but I don't know what they would possibly want. I, I don't know their hobbies. You know, do your dad collect trains? Get them a train or something. But- what about your go-to? Write them a nice letter. Write them a nice thank you, you note. You, don't you can. Nice? What about like a little book or a, a beautiful picture of them with the baby framed? They can keep that. You know, something yeah. small. It doesn't, it's not about like being spoiled or anything, but it's like they're your parents. And I mean that mm -hmm. isn't like they love you. Like these are the, this is the one person you don't have to, you can thank them and that will be enough. They love doing this. Their grandchild. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I think making them dinner. I think making them dinner. I think if it's a specific, does your dad like scotch? Get them up. Like it could just be a small bottle of liquor, a small bottle of wine. Don't get them something that they have to commit to. Like the gift mm -hmm. certificate to a massage is annoying. Don't get them something where they've got to go and do that. Is it a cute sweater? Is it, you know, I don't know what their hobbies are. Does your dad like golf? Get them a golfing magazine. You know, well, if you want to do like a massage type thing, what you do is you say, Hey, I want both of us to go together. What are some days that you're free? And I'll book it and I'll pick you up and we'll go. No. So it's like an next, event. Next time they come over, have two beds set up and be like, You guys, please disrobe. I will be giving you a massage simultaneously, one hand on each of you. Please get undressed just from the waist down. No. <laughs> When my fiance and I moved in together, I had some cheap nonstick pans that he totally destroyed by using a fork on them to stir everything and rinsing them while they were still hot. He even had the audacity to complain that a nonstick pan always had things sticking to it. I do 99% of the cooking and just splurged and bought a nice set of cookware and tossed out the old stuff. I asked him to follow some basic cookware care rules. He's been making a lot of jokes about it. He recently was actually super rude about it and said he hates the pan rules and is going to buy a $10 pan to cook with. I'm just asking him not to scrape the pans with a fork or rinse when hot. These are pots and pans 101 rules, aren't they? He is 41 years old. Oh, my God. I feel like we have the opposite problem in our house. Like, Noah... Like knows how to like season his skillet. He knows how to wash them. I don't know. This is more so about- So what like do you do? Do you destroy the pants? I don't do the dishes. <laughs> and when I do, he's like, hey, he's like, I got it. I think he doesn't, I think he maybe either feels bad or thinks I don't do a good job. I don't know. But I, here's what this comes down to, honestly, is respect. Like mm -hmm. he, your boyfriend, your fiance is not a cook. He's just like making something and he's eating Alzheimer coating, like eating the Teflon from the nonstick. Like we'll get you, it's not good for you. That's all I can say. But it's about you saying like, hey, 
here are the rules to keep our things nice so that we can enjoy them and he doesn't care because it's like this dumb girl being like, hey, this is my kitchen stuff and you're complaining at him. He's not respecting you. I respect all of Noah's cooking things. Like mm-hmm. I know how precious and I see the way he takes care of them. So mm-hmm. I respect them. So he's not respecting you. That's what this comes down to. And if you say to him, I want to take care of these things so we can cook together and we can have them for a while and it does ruin it, like just say it very frank. And if he like still thinks it's dumb, like I think you have a bigger problem. Yeah. If he wants to buy a $10 pan and cook with it, fine, but don't eat out of his like Teflon shark. No, you don't want to live like that. Be like, okay, fine. Can I put like shitty gas in your tank? Like, can I, uh, let's just, then we'll never, I'll, I'll laugh anytime you need like an oil change or you want to wash your car. Like you have things that you like to take care of. You're constantly blowing dust off your like setup for your gaming, whatever he's fucking into. These things require taking, that's what being an adult is, is taking care of your things. And if he can't get that, I, then this guy, I bet you could find examples of that in the rest of your relationship. Mm-hmm. He's not respecting you. It has less to do with the pan. Yeah. Also, like, have fun. He won't remember any of this when he gets Alzheimer's from eating fucking Teflon. Hi, Eliza and crew. My name is Meg, and I've been a fan since about 2015. My question is a long one, and I will give plenty of context. Oh, boy, Meg. I am not sure how to approach my cousin. We will call him Cole about the topic of him and his wife. We will call her Rachel, mistreating my fiance and I. You always say you teach people how to treat you and I am seeking your wisdom. There have been three instances lately that Cole and Rachel have done that have really rubbed my fiance and I the wrong way. Instance number one, Uh Cole invited my fiance and I to his birthday party at his house and said it'd be a small event with only about seven people in attendance for dinner. We go to the party, and after about 20 minutes or so, my ex-boyfriend walked into the party. Now, for context, he and I dated for a little over three years, and my fiancé now is my most recent relationship after he and I broke up. In the past, Cole had reassured my fiancé and I that my ex would not be in attendance at other get-togethers, so it did not occur to us to ask Cole before this birthday party if my ex would be in attendance. One question. Sorry. Is Cole—I'm sorry. Cole's her cousin? I'm I'm Yeah. Okay. Small town. Got it. Cole's, yeah, Cole's previous words were, I wouldn't do that to you guys. That'd be weird. Now you're probably asking, why would your ex be around your cousin's parties after y'all broke up? Cole and my ex have been friends for over 15 years and I met my ex because he was friends with Cole. Okay. So seeing my ex at the small event was the first time I had seen him since the breakup a little over a year prior. Okay. So a little over a year prior, she broke up and she's with her new fiance. How long have she been, have you been with the fiance? Somewhere under a little over a year. Okay. Well, you know what? Sometimes people get out of long relationships and the next person is the person. So Yeah. Or you cheated on your on him with <laughs> So seeing him at this small get together was unexpected and blindsided my fiance and I. As soon as I saw my ex walking up, I stood up from the table and asked Rachel if she could quickly go into the other room with my fiance and I. I asked Rachel, WTF is my ex doing here? I didn't know he was coming. And she just says to me, oh, sorry, I thought Cole told you that your ex was coming. I told her, no, he didn't. She half-heartedly apologized. I told her it was too awkward for my fiance and I to endure such close interaction with my ex. I mean, we were less than six feet away from each other and would have to play board games together. No, thank you. Cool. I don't want to play Candyland with the man who broke my heart. 
<laughs> we didn't end on totally awful terms, but it's still awkward, you know. We went yeah. back out to a main area where everyone was and said we had a prior engagement we had to get to and we must leave now. Then we lit out of there like bats out of hell. The whole thing left my fiance and I feeling disrespected that Cole and Rachel didn't tell us my ex would be there. If I was hosting a party, I wouldn't put any of my guests in an awkward situation like that. Okay, okay, okay. Text okay. Or call. Okay. Okay, we get it. Instance number two. I am a manager for a dog grooming salon, and Cole and Rachel brought all three of their large dogs to my salon for grooming. This was the third time I had groomed their dogs for them. Both Cole and Rachel dropped off the dogs, and when they picked them up, it was just Rachel. I told her the total was $129. She said thank you and then didn't tip me. For three dogs? Only $129? Where do you live? I did the math, and if I hadn't given her a discount because she's my family and I was being nice, her regular charge would have been four thirty six. Jesus Christ! I did everything for all three of their dogs in my salon, the VIP treatment, and I had it all done in under three hours. They've tipped me before, but that day, no tip, and she paid in cash. I gave her back change and everything. It's not like she was struggling to hold the dogs and pay. The dogs were restrained elsewhere while she made payment. Also, when they dropped the dogs off, Cole said to me, sorry about the surprise with your ex. I wasn't trying to be a poop. And I responded, thank you for apologizing. That was pretty jarring. And then he didn't respond. They made no attempt to apologize to my fiance. Now for the third instance. They didn't congratulate my fiancé and I when we got engaged. For context, at the time of the birthday party and the dog grooming, we were boyfriend-girlfriend. We only got engaged in September. They heard about the engagement via social media, but they never reached out to say congratulations. This hurt because we do have the type of relationship with them where a congratulatory phone call would have been appropriate. My fiance thinks they don't like him because before I was with him, I used to drink with Cole and Rachel pretty casually at their house. And now that I'm with him, I don't drink with them hardly at all. So they maybe look at him as he took away one of their drinking buddies. Anyway, I don't think it's right to hang out with them in the future and pretend like I'm not upset. I want to know what would Eliza say to them if she were in my shoes? What is the most tactful way to handle them and their mistreatment? Do I alienate them? They do periodically ask to hang out, and so far I make up excuses as to why we're unavailable. Please tell me what to say to them to salvage a relationship. They're family, and I don't want to keep on not addressing my hurt feelings. Oh, boy. Here are the ages. Me, 28. Fiance, 28. Cole, 32. Rachel, 26. Okay, I have so many problems. <laughs> Unfortunately, Meg. Meg, you're I'm the so problem. sorry. You're you're wrong. I'm sorry. You're wrong. I'm sorry, <laughs> on, Meg. On almost on two out of three accounts. We loves you, Meg. Let's go through them one by one. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's the fact: your cousin Cole is friends with that dude, and for however he, years for fifteen years, and the guy's like, "Oh, you're having people over." However, it happened. Yeah, it, it's it, the guy came. And only you made it uncomfortable and were upset by it. Something's going on with that. Either there's a feeling there or it didn't end, but that's between you and that ex and you never need to resolve it. And also like you can just, it's a little weird, but also like totally forgivable. And either he meant to do it and didn't consider your feelings because he's a dumb guy or he didn't mean to do it and he did text you and he doesn't really need to apologize to the fiance. He doesn't really need to apologize. It's his house. It's his party. He doesn't need to give you a heads up. It would have been nice if he did. But like, I think you're being, I do think you're being a little bit dramatic about that one because that is his friend and you were all friends and you seemingly, it would have been nice to get a heads up. Absolutely. Would have been nice. 
It would have been nice, but the fact but that then you'd it is be writing such into this- an issue when yes. you're there with your fiance, fiance. you can't be in the same room as your ex from over a year ago as though, and he didn't even yes. do anything to you. If he, if didn't he even like anything. abused you and now your, your cousin was still friends with him, I'd be like, oh, disgusting. But he's just, you're- Or if he had like cheated on your thing, but like there's still something there that's unspoken. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool, but whatever. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. Had he given you the heads up, you'd be writing into our podcast being like, can we still go to this dinner even if we know he's going to be there? And then you'd be like, why should I not go just because my ex is there? I want to go. Like, you're you're giving this person way too much power as well as your cousin, okay? That's number one. Number two, if you're giving something financially, you gave them a discount. I think it's a little weird to tip someone that you know. And here's what I mean by that. My mom gets her hair colored by this like master hair colorist and he owns a salon and he's like this business owner. He's not someone who like licenses out a chair. He owns the salon. And my mom said, I'm uncomfortable tipping you because, you know, this is your job and we're friends. So just tell me what the cost is. There are certain, like there's a line of people that you tip and people you don't tip. And sometimes it's blurry where people fall on that line. But Tipping means that I'm assigning a value to your work. And so she doesn't feel comfortable doing that, knowing how great he is. Like, just tell me what it costs. Like, you wouldn't tip me after a show. You wouldn't tip, um, trying to think of other people, like a security guard, you know, like for doing their job. Only because I I did, I tried to do that recently. I didn't know you tipped dog groomers, but it sounds like so they've tipped. I didn't her. either. He, they've tipped her the other two times they brought their dog in. Now, I do wonder if they know that their dog is getting the four hundred and thirty-six dollar treatment. Their three. That's dogs. what I'm saying. That's a crazy discount. Like you can't do that. Fifty dollars off, but you charged. You took away a third of the cost. <laughs> no, like two. Thirds. Two thirds like, is what I meant to say. So tell them, tell them like, sorry, I we no longer are doing the family discount thing and just charge them the worst. Don't and, even say it. Just well, charge them. I think if somebody's been paying $130 and they come in and they're presented with a bill for $400, they are going to be shocked. But also, what would have been an acceptable tip? They owe you $400 and you only charge them $150. So she tips you $50 and that's still $200 worth of a discount. I think it's that thing where you gave something and like you kind of can't expect something, but I think that's weird. I think it's weird that you gave them that big of a discount. Very kind of you, but yeah. Well, and then you're not, you're not an asshole for this and it does suck, but it's also like, mm, don't leave it up to her to assess what a good job you did. Just charge the rate and say to her, if you feel you need to say anything, be like, I'm just charging you guys the flat rate. And just be done with it. Maybe they don't need to tip next time or something. I don't know. Because that's where it gets sticky with the tipping. Well, and so at this point at the dog, Cole drops off the dogs and apologizes for the ex being there. I don't think he owes your fiance. A, it's not your fiance's ex. Your fiance, this man is from over a year ago. Uh, by the way, like, what, what's your fiance going to do with that? Like, thanks, man. Okay. And so the third thing, what was the third thing? Blacking out. Wait, <laughs> Oh, okay. The drinking? Your your cut? No, your cousin found out from social media that you were engaged and didn't reach out to you, even though you're very close. Now, if you were that close, why didn't you tell them, call them and say, hey, guess what? We're engaged. 
also, what do you like, think? What do you think people owe in terms of what they see on social media? Like, if I see yeah. something good on social media, am I obligated to talk to that person? Like, they're not telling me; they're telling a thousand strangers. And have they asked you to hang out since? Because maybe when you hang out, they'd like to say, like, hey, we want to buy you a drink or something. Like, yeah, it'd be cool if they called or texted. Maybe that's not his forte. It is a little weird, but there's something weird there. And now look, you're also saying that they've asked you guys to hang out and you've said no. I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill because you're upset about the fiance invite thing, which let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he did do something shitty, but what if it was an accident? And now you're sort of applying this patina to everything that everything's like this, like simmering, passive aggressive slight toward you. Grow up, hang out with them, show them why your fiance is so cool. Mm-hmm. Have some drinks with them, get a board game, go out to eat, like bond with them. It sounds like the fiance has been kind of kept away. Yeah. Show them what you love so much about him and, and get close together. And it is interesting that you think their problem would be that you were taken away from them rather than the fact that you were dating his good friend of 15 years and now you're not. I think that would be the thing that is harder to contend with. And it sounds like they've been nothing but polite to your fiance, despite maybe being friends with your ex. So look, they might be tacky. They may have been wrong about the tipping thing, but give, if you want this to not be weird, unless you like drama, be like, hey, why don't the two of y'all come over? Let's play cards. Let's play. Let's go out somewhere. Like, give mm-hmm. a chance to really connect. Yeah. And you can always sit down with your cousin and just be like, hey, this guy means a lot to me. Like, I, you know, I think you're in your mind, you're making this a little weird. And I know you're not going to agree with us. You can be like, no, you don't understand. Give that. Here's what you do by giving them the benefit of the doubt being like, we're, whatever it is, we're making dinner. We want to go to dinner. We want to go to a pumpkin, whatever it is you guys want to do, a pumpkin patch. Have a reset date, double date with the four of you. Mm-hmm. If they're still weird beyond that, mm-hmm. then you know that you've been gaslit. Then you know it was them, not you. But give it yeah. a chance. Yeah. For, for how many days, months, years does Cole need to warn you if his friend of 15 years is going to be somewhere forever until you're dead. Is it a problem? You, you you broke up over a year ago. And and I don't know. You said you dated for like three years. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe there's a coffee with the ex. Maybe you have something you want to say to him. Maybe it wasn't a cool breakup. Maybe the person you're with now is a rebound. So let's say you really love this fiance, this is the man for you. You owe it to yourself. If you have any unfinished business with that ex to sit down and be like, hey, we're gonna run into each other. I just, you know, I hope things are cool. And maybe give him a chance to know your fiance at the next thing. Like just if everything's cool with him, then there's no, I know like they both had sex with you and that's weird for dudes, but like just treat it like it's all, get to a place where it's water under the bridge and then move forward. Otherwise you're gonna keep running into this at every hangout and you don't deserve to feel awkward about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to, this was years ago. I went to a party at a friend's house where a random ex-boyfriend was there and my husband was there. And like, we said hi and we were just at opposite ends of the table. He was there with his girlfriend. Like, I mean, we only, we barely dated, but still like it, it we, <laughs> we're adults here. 
Right. Well, I do also want to acknowledge, like, I understand that sometimes, I'm, you know, you tell a story and it doesn't get across the full, like, but you're like, no, when I was there, it was weird. This person's yeah. attitude was weird and that doesn't come across in text. Totally don't want to invalidate all the things. But yeah, I yeah. think if you want a good relationship with them, you have to kind of be able to decide, like, what would make this okay? If nothing, then that's what it is. Give it a reset. And if they're still weird, then you know it's them. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Ooh, it's a good one. (laughs) Is it? It's a good one. My top of the cob is not really top of the cob, but it's more of a public service announcement. Oh, boy. You got to vote, people. Oh, yeah. You got to vote. Very important things. And you know what fucking... Here's where hyper-conservatives, I'm not saying Republicans because I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting tax cuts. Here's where you they fucked up. By making, by overturning Roe v. Wade and making abortion such, such an issue, now people are single-issue voters. So there are other things that are being ignored because women's right to bodily autonomy is so on the line state by state. And because people are saying such stupid things and because you have people like Dr. Oz saying things like a woman's body should be between her and her doctor and her like state legislator. So (laughs) that's unfortunate that other things will fall by the wayside in our quest to like be treated like humans. You have to vote. And by the way, this is not, oh, oh, just vote for someone because they look like you, whether it be race or gender. You have part, the amount of, DMs I get like, hey, I don't know who to vote for. I can't tell you who to vote for. I can tell you that I will most likely be voting for women who tend to are Democrats because they tend to have similar values. That doesn't mean across the board, I'm like, oh, rip open my bleeding heart and sprinkle my blood into my taxes. But go to like Voter's Edge. There are plenty. If you Google like local voting guide, you can find voting guides just to read up and do your own critical thinking. Think Going what- ready. Yeah, what can it? And by the way, you don't have to know everything. It is okay if you're not positive which sheriff or like comptroller, and you can ask around. And a lot of times it's like, eh, it could go either way, but there are big things like your mayor, like big things that will change the topography, social topography of your state and of your city. You have to, this is part of the responsibility. We have to show up for these things. So please, registering to vote's never been easier. Get to those polls, do it online, send in that ballot, find some online voting guides, talk to people you trust Mm -hmm. and think about it. And you don't have to disclose who you vote for to anyone, but these things are important because very bad people will get away with very bad things because you're like, I'm too overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't let it, don't let it be like a, oh, it's too much to deal with. No, deal with it. You're an adult. If you're voting, figure it out, get in there. I'm telling. I am, you get a sticker, you can post on Instagram and brag about it. I have no patience and I am not, I don't enjoy taking tests. I don't, I don't enjoy anything, but I get out my practice ballot and I go and I log on to like Voter's Edge or a couple of different sites mm-hmm. and I compare notes and I look it up. It's usually pretty clear. Like this person is super conservative. This person's fiercely dead. Like it's usually pretty clear. And when it isn't, that's okay. Yeah. You do your In best. Georgia, where it's like, here's Herschel Walker. And I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. So, um, you know, otherwise, and by the way, just know that like evil is out there and working. You get people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who 
basically oh just said she was a victim of January 6th, but there is like footage of her, not footage, like found footage, like interview footage of her telling people, like inciting that riot on January 6th using very coded slash direct terms. So just know that there are people in power who actively tried to overthrow our government who will say that the election is rigged if they don't get what they want. Agents working against democracy and against your rights uh, wanting to take us back to some weird antiquated antebellum. So vote, folks. And just know that what happens here in America ripples across the world. So help fucking get back to setting some sort of example for something. Well, my top of the cab, <sighs> since I already Let voted. Let me guess. Gracie cut her paw, but then the paw heals. Oh, I ain't it. I, I ate it. I actually... I did have a crazy thing, but I changed it. Now that it's now that it's getting chilly out, it's something nice about it being chilly out and having a nice candle lit. And I have Ooh. um I have my Ooh. heretic dirty grass and this smells like my vagina. And then I have my Tina, Tina Manning citrus candles and I have them and they look classy and my home just looks nice. I have a nice little, nice little smell. It's so much better than like a Glade plug-in, which I also yes. have tried. And there's just something about having a candle lit that you're like, yeah, it's fall and I'm in charge. I love that. It's fall and I'm in charge. Please get that on a shirt. On a upcycled shirt. People are uh, starting to demand AIA merch. We might have to investigate that. Do we? I mean, do we really need a shirt you're going to like paint in? <laughs> Folks, we are drowning in recycling and clothing. <laughs> we don't. I, I even struggle with it for my concert. For my concert, Jesus Christ, Your my concert. comedy concerts. <laughs> Just making endless. All right. Uh, my bottom of the cob. I believe that at its inception, cancel culture was a good thing. I believe it was really good to call out bad people and publicly shame them. But what we have now is just for the sport of it. Like people just in this very medieval modern way of just like hoping people get executed in the town square. Cancel culture, I've gotten to this point, has ruined comedy. It's ruined it. Okay. This isn't about this isn't about being able to say racist things or bad things. This is about not being able to say anything without the whataboutism. So it's this weird like derivative of cancel culture. I don't even realize that I'm reading the comment section sometimes. My thumbs are just so used to like that path on my phone. I'm really, and I just shouldn't read it, but I guess it kind of bothers me that here you go, you made a piece of art. I crafted something and it can be an innocuous statement. And there's always, 99% of the comments are positive. And then it's always, always speaking as a person who, or as a woman who doesn't, I'm like, oh, if you got big boobs, you get ugly bras. Speaking as a small chested woman, this doesn't relate to me. Okay, like where, what in you as any person where do, why do you feel the need? Where do you feel justified? Or how does this help you to go into a comment section where everyone's having a good time? No one's even offended and to be like, well, from my perspective, for my life, I don't totally know what she's saying. Then that th by that logic, like I can't laugh at Cat Williams because I'm not like a sweaty black comic doing a set in Atlanta. I can't laugh at George Lopez because I'm not a middle-aged, Latino comic, like 
Not everything has to be for everyone. And I'm not even talking about in a discriminatory way. I'm talking like nobody wants to fucking hear when you're like, oh my God, I drink so much iced tea. As a coffee drinker, this doesn't relate. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Either laugh or don't laugh. But nobody's interested in your take on that. There was this tweet that went out this week about this woman like so innocuous who was just like, every morning my husband and I have coffee. We sit in our garden. We never run out of things to talk about. And the big takeaway now is like how the internet can't let anyone be happy. And people are like, I'm so over the people that are like, how dare you say that you have a garden? Some of us don't. Not everything is designed to attack you or offend you. If I say I love my Audi, I don't drive in, fine, I have a Volvo. If I say I love my Volvo, that's not saying to you, you can't afford one because you didn't work hard enough, you fucking piece of shit. Not everything is about you. And not everything needs to be commented on because at the end of the day, your comment is designed to try to take away from the initial intention of the thing that was posited. So shut the fuck up. I'm so over the end. I don't leave comments. I only leave positive comments or I like troll a news section, but it's never to a person speaking as someone who doesn't crochet. This doesn't appeal to me. Get gone then, or just be a silent observer. Because none of these people are saying these things in real life. As a mother without three kids and only two, I don't agree. Like, shut up. You didn't have the fucking balls to stand up there on a stage or say these things verbally. Instead, you're leaving a comment behind a private account. So I don't care. You're wrecking it. You're wrecking our fun. Yeah. Well, we really need teachers. Speaking as a woman who is just an educational facilitator, not a teacher. I don't think this term is encompassing. Leave me alone. (laughs) Speaking as, as a, stop. It really does feel like people that, it's, it's dismissive in the way that it takes away from actual cancel culture and the actual problems of the world Thank by you. being like, I have a problem too. It's like, well, you don't and you just want to seem like you do, but there are actual problems we should be talking about. Now you're filling up space exactly. and air with your made up problem. That's exactly right. And so what happens is when legitimate things happen, the people who decry cancel culture, they're like, see, because these people are complaining about nothing. So it takes away from real right. issues. It's the boy who cried wolf. This constant whataboutism. Oh, you mentioned dogs, but what? And I talk about this in my book, like what about? You're doing it for fucking sport. And I said this in an old Netflix special, like one woman's affirmation of her existence is not the negation of yours. When I say something, that is not even, that's not suggesting that what you're saying is wrong. I'm talking about me. I'm selfishly talking about me. I do not have to constantly include everything. Yeah. And this, it's not just women, but it tends to be a lot of women. Like, what about, well, as someone who's only been to Oklahoma, you left out Kansas and that, like, and you think I'm joking with these examples, but like, it just mm-hmm. takes away from the fun. If you were at a comedy show and I was just like, oh my God, and I hate eating barbecue because it gets in my teeth. And you stood up in the middle mm-hmm. of the show and you're like, Speaking as someone whose husband makes his living making barbecue, you're taking away, like, shut up. Stop it. No one was talking to you. That's comedy. Yeah. I'm not advocating for Kanye, advocating for killing Jews. I'm not saying you should yell 
fire in a movie theater. I'm not saying you should say racist things. And when those things happen, we should call them out. Jokes at genuine other people's expense or hurting a maligned community. But other than that, like it's okay if not everything applies to you and it's okay if someone was talking about themselves and have and they have no idea you exist. Right. My dog is just staring at me, which is also not about you, Janier. Go back to bed. <laughs> She's very offended. Sorry I yelled. I just get so tired of getting this like clenching feeling in my stomach that like, and because by the way, like people are so dumb, you would get canceled over like this woman didn't include all women when she said some women have big breasts. Like you, people are dumb enough that they will just eat your brain like a zombie because they happen to to read your comment that day. Yeah. Endlessly, endlessly offended. Endlessly. And it takes away from real shit. It's okay to be offended and just move on. It's okay to not like something and not let the world know. Mm -hmm. This podcast would never end if I just listed off everything that bothers me. That's all I had to say. And remember to vote. Remember to vote. Well, my bottom of the cob. Top that. My bottom of the cob is I've been sleeping bad because my little teeth holes hurt. Oh, yeah, because you got your wisdom teeth out. Got my wisdom teeth out. My jaw is healing. sore. I think so. Can you open it? Can you open it all the way? Not all the way. Oh, you got to work on that because it will heal half closed. Here, half closed. I... I, uh, it, it, the pain has never been brutal, but it just is enough that I like wake up at like Oof. three, just like, Ugh. so I'll live, to, but I'm not happy. You gotta, you guys start taking those painkillers they gave you responsibly. I've been taking the ibuprofen, but yeah, I didn't take, I wound up not taking any of the Percocet cause it was never that bad. It was just like mildly annoying. Well, here's to you and your holes. <laughs> Folks. You're hearing this uh, in a, I almost said crusty, in a crusty November weekend. So that means I'm coming to you uh, after that fun tirade. Who wouldn't want to come see me? (laughs) Coming to you. Uh, Des Moines at the Civic Center. Then we got Mystic Lake Casino, which is pretty much sold out. But, you know, you can squirrel away a ticket or two. Come see me in Des Moines. Uh, I will be, yep, at Yamava Resort and Casino. Again, that one is... It's a casino, so basically I get paid the same either way. But, you know, come on out. It's in San Bernardino, Des Moines. Uh, and we're going to take a little bit of a break for the holiday season. But we just announced the pre-sale. I'm doing a little mini Florida tour in March. Tickets at Eliza.com slash tour. And we love our new home here with Eowulf. Eowulf. So thanks for listening. Keep those questions coming in. We'll see you soon. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.